Jeremiah chapter 4. We looked at last, uh, it was a week ago, last Sunday morning, I preached from Jeremiah chapter 3, the one right before it, uh, and that's where the Lord, remember, was telling the children of Israel that they were serving idols in their heart. If you remember that, they, uh, and then they, he talked about them repenting, um, but it was a feign. They feignedly repented, uh, or really like saying it was a sham. It was a outward showing of repentance, but on the inside in their heart where the Lord sees it, uh, he wanted their whole heart to repent, uh, and they weren't doing that. They were on the outside, they were being religious, uh, you know, but on the inside they were hiding those idols in their heart, uh, letting their heart be led in different directions, uh, and really the big uh, message of that one is repentance and real repentance. So that that was chapter three, you know, where he's he's basically showing them uh, that hey, you need to really repent. And 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 you know, God makes it clear that he uh, yes, our outward actions need to represent our heart. Uh, but when it comes down to it, our heart's the most important part. You know, the heart. Uh, you know, because you can put an act on on the outside. You can. Uh, people have been pretty good about it. They've been pretty good about saying the right things, doing the right things, and kind of you know putting on a show, basically acting as if they're saved, acting as if they're spirit filled. Uh, but that doesn't matter, you know, because in the end, you can have, like I've said many times, and even this morning, you can have everybody fooled, but you'll never fool God. Uh, and so He's always pointing to the heart, pointing to the inside and, and wanting us to be real on the inside, because if you're real on the inside, you don't have to put on an act. You know, you don't have to put on a show. He will help you from the inside out, uh, you know, to change your life. Uh, you know, so we saw that that repentance that uh, as a nation they, they needed to do. And, and, you know, really spiritually, we saw last week that uh, the same thing still applies. He sees our hearts individually. He wants the whole heart. He doesn't want to share us with any other gods or idols or ideas or our you know, or and he wants to be the uh, the Lord of our life. You know, not not us leading our life. So that that's kind of the uh, the leading up to where he's getting at. And I know um, you know some of these books they can get a little repetitive. So I know uh, sometimes I don't always preach them close together. I'll preach a couple times and then jump around because sometimes I feel like I'm just preaching the exact same thing. But really, God was giving them these messages. So you you can tell when God is sending a prophet out over and over again, seemingly saying the same thing, just using different metaphors, different, God's desperately trying to get their attention, you know, so that's one thing also we should think about, if God is sending you the same message, you know, if God is trying to get through to you the, you know, kind of a similar way, maybe, you know, you hear it in a message, you hear it in a song, you, you in your Bible study, you hit it, and then talking to a Christian brother or sister, you, if the, if the same thing's hitting you a bunch of times it's no different god is trying to get your attention trying to get my attention it's the same way uh you know so i know um i you know i'm one of those i wish i wish i could do a little better or, or, or whatever but god's made me this way i know some preachers could start at the beginning of jeremiah and get to the end but uh I, i'm telling you i would uh, I, I can't do that so maybe someday but uh, uh but i try to dig in and in, in these little chunks that we look at but uh the repetitiveness is is really god uh, again, trying to get their attention. So let's look at Jeremiah 4, verse 1. If thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me. And if thou wilt put away thine abominations,
abominations out of my sight, then shalt thou not remove. And thou, and thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness, and the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for your word tonight. We thank you for its truth. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be able to preach. Lord, help us to listen. And Lord, these uh, messages, Lord, help it to really hit our heart. And Lord, not to excuse it, not to dismiss it, not to forget about it. But Lord, help us to deal with things that you point out. Lord, we know that you're just trying to help us to draw closer to you. And that's our desire is we want to grow spiritually. Uh, we want to do your will and be found doing your will uh, when you return to come get us. And Lord, we thank you for all things. And in Jesus' name we pray. And amen. amen. So uh, one of the things you see uh, again, and here's kind of the, uh, the repetitiveness again, verse one, if thou will return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me. And, and you see this over and over again. What he's telling them is, hey, you need to repent. You know, there, there is repentance at the beginning before salvation. We know that. It's a requirement of salvation. You have to, you know, uh, 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 very clear in the Gospels, you know, God sent John the Baptist. His message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he's the forerunner. And there comes Jesus Christ also saying repent. And then he gives uh, the rest of his gospel message. But even in the Old Testament, we see the same thing. We see repentance over and over again. Now, this was not a repentance to believe in him the first time. This was a repentance to return. This is to come back. You've wandered. You've gone astray. I want you back. And we saw that a lot in chapter three. He wants them back. He's married to the backslider. He he is not given up. He, he He's not divorced them. That's some of the things we talked about last week. Uh, but they're continuing here. He's trying to say, if you return, if you will do this, and if you'll put away your abominations out of my sight, then shall thou not remove. I will make you steadfast. He, he's saying, I, I'm not going to send judgment. If you will change, if you'll repent, if you'll turn. And again, that's over and over again. You know, it, uh, that, that's a theme that goes, that is constant because he's a merciful God. And thou shalt swear, verse two, the Lord liveth in truth and judgment and in righteousness and the nation shall bless themselves in him and in him shall they glory. Uh, uh, they're saying, Hey, uh, I, I want you to really understand because if you return, the only reason you'll return to the Lord is if you accept the fact that he's alive, he's real, uh, you know, cause if the Lord, if he's some invented made up God or, or maybe some God you half believe in, you're not going to be afraid of him. You're not going to fear him. You're not going to obey him. You're not going to be afraid of the judgment. Uh, or in truth, you know what? I get a lot of people that they, they believe certain parts of the Bible and then they question other parts. And I'm telling you, once you start questioning any part of the Bible, that just gets bigger and bigger until finally you only believe the parts that you want to believe. You know, that's it. Uh, you've got to trust him and uh, that he lives. He is full of truth uh, and judgment. We dealt with that this morning. You know, he he is a he is a God that's also a judge. We will be held account for what we do, whether you're lost, whether you're saved, two different judgments. Uh, uh, you know, the saved people, we are not going to stand in judgment for our forgiven sins, but we are going to stand in judgment for what we've done with our life, with our time, with 
with our talents, with our money, everything he's blessed us with since we're saved. And here's the thing. Uh, if you, if we get a hold of that each and every day, that will redirect us back. That will get us right back on the same path. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, uh, if you believe that you will stand before God one day, that will change. And you think about it every day. Uh, how, how am I living as if I'm going to stand before him today? Uh, I'm going to stand before him someday. How should I live today? It'll change you if you keep remembering that. You keep reminding yourself of that. And in righteousness, of course, uh, you know, many, uh, I grow, you know this, I grow tired of people talking about how close they brag about how close the relationship is with God, how spirit filled they are and everything else. And they don't even live righteously. They don't even live towards the Bible. I don't want to hear anything like that. In fact, if, you know, if it's a preacher or anyone else and they can't just live a holy life and not a perfect life, but a, a life where God's called them to live, then I don't really want to hear a person like that. Amen. I, I mean, I just, I, I can't imagine that God is blessing that, that again, that's the inward problem and an outward act. And I'm not, uh, I don't want to be an actor. I want to be a real person. And that's what I want to. So he's saying, turn away from all these things, turn away from it. And again, it, it was true for Israel. It was true for Judah and Jerusalem. And it's still true for us today. Listen, if, it, if you're getting in the wrong direction, he just says, return, return to me. If you're willing to turn, you can find forgiveness of God. In fact, I said it this morning. Uh, uh, if, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that verse, don't you? Uh, because that is just a, uh, we can get a new start. We can get cleansing. We can get all those things whenever we want. God wants that. Uh, but again, for Judah and Jerusalem, uh, the, the prophet is warning yet again, judgment is coming. Jerusalem's gonna fall if they don't change any of those things. And, and see, here's one of the problems. You could read something like, like this and say, well, this is historical, right? We, uh, brother Nick and I, uh, uh, Nick's taken a, took a class uh, recently, uh, and the professor said, if the book isn't written before a certain date, it's not even very long ago, like 10 years ago, if it's older than 10 years ago, uh, because they discovered some new manuscripts, you can't even really use it. And I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've heard. And I've heard a lot of ridiculous things. Uh, but he, he said, you just got to throw those things away. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing. It's like uh, this, this Bible, yes, it's historical. Yes, they keep finding uh, over and over again as they dig in certain places uh, and they dig in places where they haven't before. They are stumbling on more and more things that prove the Bible is right. Yes, it is historically accurate, but not just that. It's spiritual too. It's spiritually accurate. It works for us as well. Uh, and here's the thing. The prophet's telling them, hey, uh, 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 we're, not, we're not dealing right now with the fall of Jerusalem. That's not the part that applies to us. But here's the thing. There, you're not going to find uh, any spiritual blessings or any spiritual power uh, if you're not returning to the Lord when he says return. Yeah. We're just not. It's not going to work. But if we've confessed... Uh, and dealt with the secret sins and, and, and dealt with the things instead of ignoring it or excusing it. Uh, and we've prayed to the Lord to help us overcome uh, sins that are, uh, you know, that we're really dealing with uh, over and over again. The next step is really to get to the spot where the Lord wants us to be. 
And I really want to focus tonight on verse 3, and it, uh, this may not take very long, but I, I, I think it's something we need to really uh, dig a little deeper in. But verse 3 really caught my attention when I was going through this. It says this, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Now, one of the dangers of preaching something like this is I don't, uh, even though we're, we've got farms all over the place, I don't know a whole lot about farming. You know, I don't know a whole lot, uh, but what I've read, what I've studied, what I've learned, what he is saying right here to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, again, he's giving them metaphors. This is what the prophet, God gave these prophets these things over and over again to try to get their attention, try to get them to understand spiritual things. Uh, so he's using this metaphor uh, about farming, and he's saying, hey, this fallow ground, from what I can find, uh, is... Is either land that's never been cultivated, so they've never used it for farming before, and, and uh, uh, if, if you have a piece of land and you want to turn it into a garden or a farm or something, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Uh, if there was a trees there, you not only have to cut down the trees, you've got to get rid of the stumps, uh, then once you get rid of those things, you got to get rid of rocks and things that are in the way, then you start to till it up, and that's not, uh, and then sometimes as you're tilling, you find more problems that you got to deal with and this is all just to get the land ready so it could be land that's never been farmed or it could be land that has been farmed but not for several years and what happens is if you if they just let one of these fields go and didn't do anything what would happen you'd have weeds you'd have thorns thistles I mean just uh, uh, the wild stuff would just take over everything and now can you imagine either uh, either examples Say uh, I decide I'm going to plant a whole bunch of seed in my backyard and I don't do a thing to it. I, I just start throwing seed different places. You think that's going to be very productive? No, it's not. It's not going to work that well. No different than a, a field that hasn't been used. It's got the thorns and thistles uh, that's blocking the sunlight, that's trying to uh, rob all the same resources that, uh, that the seeds were doing. It would never work. They have to go through so much work to get those fields ready. And that's what he's saying right here. He's saying, hey, so in chapter 3, uh, it was take care of the idols uh, that are hidden in your heart heart take care of those you know kind of those secret sins those things on the inside that you're hiding from everyone else as on the outside you're playing religious that's what they were doing uh and acting like everything was right so once you've dealt with that then in this chapter he's saying return unto me and now in verse three he's saying hey i want you spiritually if you've got fallow ground spiritually in some place in your life Either it's never been cultivated, never used, you've never done it, or maybe you've done something and then you've let it kind of the weeds grow over and haven't touched it for a while. Either way, what's he say? I want you to break it up, right? If it's, if it's never been cultivated, you get it ready so that way it's fresh, the soil's turned over, everything is ready so seed can be dropped and then, uh, uh, and then the, the plants will start to grow and you'll get a harvest or you get rid of the weeds, you till it up, you do all the different things you need to do so again, you can plant on that field again. So spiritually, what is he talking about? I think he's talking about different things in our life uh, that he's called us to do. You know, but 
right? And it's different for each of us. See, I, I don't know about you, but I realize in my life there are some things that I do really well at, right? Some things God has called all of us to do, I do pretty good at. You know, when it, maybe it's reading the Bible each day. I'm doing it. I'm reading the Bible each day. Why? I mean, I just have gotten into uh, different routines. Obviously, I have to study a lot for messages, so I'm always in the Bible. It's hard for me not to be in the Bible and be ready for the next service. So that's something that, that isn't the fallow ground in my life, but there's other things, right? And I think that's what he's talking about right there. And, and, and here's the thing, we can get out of balance and we can get uh, to where there's a couple things in our life where we're doing really well and I don't abandon those things, keep doing them, but then let's look at some of the other areas. And maybe it's witnessing or soul winning. Maybe it's a, maybe you used to pass out tracks. And again, you did that a lot, but then the, you kind of quit doing that. And the weeds have overgrown and different things. That's become fallow ground. And I think that's what he's trying to get across to them and saying, hey, don't stop, uh, you know, cultivating the soil. Don't stop working the soil that you've been doing. Don't quit planting there, but look at some of the other areas. And Hosea 10, 12 has nearly the same verse. It says this, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. So what he's saying, you can see in both of these verses, again, in this farming, uh, in this planting uh, uh, metaphors that he's using, is he's saying, hey, because if, if we ask ourselves, do we want to harvest? Yes. Do we want to see the results? You know, whatever it is, whatever the fallow ground is, maybe it's, uh, you know, I'll tell you, it's, it's, I've been honest with this. Uh, there have been a lot of times where the, you know, I pray, but that alone private prayer time, a lot of times for me gets to be lacking. You get busy, you've got, you know, I've got work, I've got a family and everything and, and all of that. And, and God's been dealing a lot with me uh, uh, over and over again. And, and, and when I was reading this, I was pulled right back to that again saying, Mike, that's an area in your life where fallow ground needs broken up. And maybe it's something, and maybe it's not coming to your mind quickly, and that's okay. It's, it's not, we don't have a test tonight. We're not taking a survey tonight or anything else. But what I would say is take some time this week and think about it. Write them down. Write down some of those areas of fallow ground and, and, and don't try to solve everything all at once because that, that never works, but pick a thing or two and, and be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, you're right. This is an area where either I used to do it and I stopped or this is an area where I know I've needed to do it and I've never done it. Lord, help me with these things. Because again, remember what I said? It is hard to get ground ready to farm. It's not easy. You ask these farmers, it's a hard job. Every bit of it is difficult. Uh, and, uh, and and here's the thing, you, you can plant in this earthly uh, uh, fields and you could do everything right and it doesn't rain enough or it rains too much or whatever happens and it ruins everything. But God's not like that. 
What he's saying right here, he's saying you get the ground ready and you don't just throw the seed in the thorns expecting God to work when you're the care. A lot of times the thorns and the thistles we see in the Bible is kind of the cares of this world choking out the life uh, of the sun and everything else. He's saying don't just throw it down, break up the ground. And then back in Hosea 10, 12, sow to yourselves in righteousness, right? He's saying, hey, that's kind of seed you throw in after it's ready. Reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. That's the great thing. Remember, he promised Israel, you, you follow me and you don't turn to idols. I will send the rain, right? He said, I'll send the former rain, the latter rain. I'll make sure your crops have the rain. I'll make sure they have everything we need. Spiritually, he's saying the same thing in Hosea. He's saying, hey, you get that ground ready. You get to, to the point where God can work and he will send the rain. You plant that seed, he will, we will get a harvest. It's not a gamble. We will get a harvest in these areas. So I was thinking about a lot of times we, uh, uh, we think of, we think of different, you know, again, New Year's resolutions and everything. So maybe you set some uh, and uh, maybe you've already failed at, at one or two, but uh, uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, what I'm saying is I want to continue as best as I can to draw us closer to the Lord each day, each week, each year. Uh, try to work on things each day because, again, we will stand before him, right? He, he is the Lord. We will stand before him. We will give an account. And uh, I know we can't live a perfect life, but that is no excuse to just give up and say, I'm going to put everything on cruise control and I'm never going to be a better Christian than I am today. No, I want to be better. I want When he comes, I want to be as close to a found as doing everything he wants me to do because he's worth it. We covered that this morning. But I think not only writing some of these things down, but also thinking about taking time to actually work on them. You know, I, I run into this at work a lot. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I started that uh, new job at a, at, a, at a new bank and, uh, you know, I, taking the lay of the land and surveying the, uh, the, the job that I do and that, that area of compliance. And then you start out with this list of, I need to fix this, 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 and this, and this. And then you get a couple months later and you're thinking, man, I barely fixed anything, right? Because you can make a list really big, but then how are you going to tackle it? I know that's one of my problems. I'm not the project manager. Some people are. They're blessed with that. Uh, but just getting down to it and saying, you know what? Here's the time it's going to take. Here's the effort it's going to take. Here's how I'm going to hold myself accountable. Here's how I'm going to keep with it. And, and no matter what it is, you can break up that fallow ground. God will help you with it. He will. And that, that hard ground that the seeds go and they don't do anything or the birds get them or the thorns choke them out or everything else uh, and full of weeds, that, that's not going to work. But I'm glad that once, uh, once we get that ground ready, God can do his work. And I think that's what he's trying to show them. And again, what a merciful God. What a merciful God because we're in the book of Jeremiah and yes, Jerusalem is going to fall. We know that. We know what's coming. In fact, I just, uh, in my daily Bible reading, I just read uh, where they came in and they, they leveled it and burned it and, and took a bunch of them captive and everything. And the things they did to the king that was reigning, I just read that. And the problem is, uh, is not because God wasn't merciful. He was. He's giving them another chance. That same God's merciful with us. And we 
uh, we can make changes before it's too late. So I'm thankful for that. So, for thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Again, I said it wasn't, wasn't going to be a long thing, but I think it's something we can take and meditate on and see if we can apply to our life. Um, one of my favorite Bible uh, teachers, preachers, whatever you want to call them, uh, he, is, he is big and he has challenged me on making sure every single time we're in the Bible, how can I apply this to me? Not by stretching it out of context, not by acting like I'm Israel or anything like that, but by taking God's word for what it is in context and then turning it to me and saying, how does this challenge me? How does this encourage me? How, how can I take these promises? How can I take this truth and draw closer to where God wants me to be? Uh, and that's what, uh, that's what my goal is. That's what my goal, uh, whether I'm looking into the word for myself or whether we're uh, coming in together, uh, is to draw closer to what God wants us to be. Because you think about it, God has already brought you and I, some of us, a long way, right? He's, done, he's brought us a long way. Now think about some of the areas in the past that you struggled with that you hardly don't struggle with anymore. And what happened? You dealt with those things, right? You hit them head on. And it, I remember some of the things at the beginning seemed impossible. I'm gonna, you know, and that's the excuse you hear a lot of Christians, you know, with whatever it is. They're saying, well, I was just born that way. God understands. No, 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 no. God, God put the Holy Spirit inside of us yeah. to help us to do what he's called us to do, to help us to become new, uh, uh, to renew these things, to draw closer to him. And I'm glad he's done that. So we're not alone. Uh, and again, uh, you know, and you can also, the, like I said, it's a balance. You can, on one end, you can just act like nothing's wrong in your life, right? And we've met people like that, and maybe you've been like that a little bit from time to time. But the opposite end, and this is just as dangerous is I can never do anything right. I'll never be good enough for God, right? I'll never amount to anything. He's always mad at me. He's never happy with me. The Bible never has us on either of those. He's got us in the middle. What's he want us to be? He wants us to be humble and not proud, right? But he also understands that we're gonna fail. That's why he's saying return to me. He would not say return to me if he knew that we'd never go away. We'd never stray. And who has he put in the Bible? That's one of the things I love about reading the Bible through over and over again is I see story after story of real people making real mistakes. But then I go back to my favorite chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 11, and the mistakes are gone. That's the best part. You look in there. What did, what did Sarah do wrong? What did Abraham do wrong? What did Noah do wrong? It's not in Hebrews 11. When God gives the story about our life, that stuff's gone. Praise God. I'm going to ask everyone to stand tonight.